0: Welcome to the Pace and Pattern Podcast. I'm Allison Ray, and I'm so glad you're here. Today's episode is a conversation with Paige Bierman, who's the Director of Discipleship at Redeemer Community Church in Birmingham. She also has her own podcast called Redeemed Women, and it's amazing, and you have to check it out. This episode is just a conversation about community, Christian community in particular, and what makes it different, why it's amazing, and why we all need it. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I think that you will too. So, enjoy. Hey Paige, how are you? Hey, I'm good. It's fun to see your face. It's so fun to see your face. I've really been looking forward to this conversation just for a while. I even thought it was on Monday and then realized it was today. So, I was, <laughs> I was willing I was willing to do it on Monday. You were willing. willing. You were. Willing. It was true. It would have been fine. But well,
1: I'm catching Friday page, which is so much better.
0: Yeah, Friday page just seems really relaxed. She She's like a, a great she, page to be on the is. podcast. Yeah,
1: it's a Sabbath page, which is
0: great. So I, I just feel like there's so much that I want to ask you. I'm going to have to rein it in in terms of where to start. But I think let's just start with kind of telling a little bit about just what you're doing right now with mm-hmm. Redeemer. And then maybe even like your journey with community and what that's looked like for you totally
1: um so right now i'm um, the discipleship coordinator at redeemer um in birmingham alabama and then um and i've been doing that so i've been working in local church ministry for almost five years which is crazy uh, it's like really flown by and you know if anyone knows anything about redeemer like the last five years of Redeemer have just been crazy, too.
0: Yeah. Can Um, you explain a little bit, since everyone probably doesn't know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Redeemer's a
1: non-denominational church plant in Birmingham, Alabama. Our lead pastor started the church out of his home with around 30-ish people who would come on a Sunday, and we are now sitting at around 1,500 members. Um, So, when I started on staff five years ago, like... I don't even know if we have 500 like the, the yeah. rapid growth that we have experienced has just been like phenomenal. Um, it's been really crazy. Um, and so this has been a really interesting time to work at Redeemer. Um, but yeah, so we're non-denominational. Um, we are affiliated with the Sojourner network. And so, which is like a church planting network. Um, so we don't necessarily give money to, Presbyterian or SBC or anything like that, but we give money to this network to further um, church plants across America and the globe. So, um, yeah, I I came to Redeemer. I did not come as a like staff member. I came just as a regular member. Uh, My husband and I moved to Birmingham in 2014. And then... Yeah, about a year and a half to two years later, an administrative assistant position came open. And at the time, just with, I was kind of working like two part-time jobs. One was in ministry and one was more in business, which is my background. I have a public relations degree from Auburn. And so I always kind of thought I'd be more like marketing PR um, and had a special interest in going into nonprofits. And then really just over time the Lord is very graciously and sometimes like drug me, uh, into local church ministry. So when I found out about the redeemer job, I was actually working, like I said, two part-time jobs, one with a local nonprofit here in Birmingham, and then one doing like business development stuff for a utility contractor. So literally could not be two right. opposite industries. Um, But got really tired of like switching back and forth between all the different jobs and Redeemer was full time. And so fortunately, it just really worked out Um, what I think like the best indicator of Redeemer the last five years is that the job description that I was hired with, like through the hiring process, completely changed before I even started my job like mm. things were developing and moving and strategies were having to be changed because of the rapid growth that I remember sitting down with some of the pastors. i had accepted the job we sat down for a lunch just as kind of like a welcome thing. And they were like, okay, so we need to talk to you. <laughs> um, we've actually just made this decision and that impacts your job in this way. Like we understand if that's not okay. Like, you know, and it, it's ended up being wonderful, but like, that is just, I feel like, very indicative of, like, the Redeemer experience the last five years. Like, we've all just been like,
0: whoa, Lord, what are you doing? We're, like, along for the ride. Um, yeah. So, we, yeah, it's been fun. Joseph and I left in 2012 because Joseph mm-hmm. got a job in, in Indianapolis. We were gone for – so, when we left, there was, like, 250 people. We were gone for five years and came back, and there was, like, 1,500 or so – or there was yeah, well over 1,000. Like 1,000, thousand. yeah. Yeah, it was crazy.
1: I mean, it's it's been – It's been really fun. And obviously, you know, with growth and that kind of stuff, like, you can look at it in one of two ways. Like, you can go, like, whoa, I'm overwhelmed and, like, what's going on? But um, the majority of the time, (laughs) we have all just kind of looked at it as, like, wow, Lord, like, you're bringing a lot of people here. And they're committing in membership. And so, like, that can't be bad. Right? And and so, like, we'll figure out what to do. And we'll figure out how we're supposed to do this thing. Um, and you just keep bringing the people. Um, so it's been really cool. It's been a fun journey. So yeah, I started as the administrative assistant. And now five years later, here I am as discipleship coordinator. Which um, And there's been one other job title in between that too. So, you know, we're just changing and growing. But um, now I primarily work with our pastor of discipleship. We oversee our home groups ministry, which is like a very... Primary uh, ministry at Redeemer. It's the primary way that we care for our members. It's the primary way that members are known and loved um, and experience community with one another. And so it's a really fun job. And so I am working with our pastor of discipleship in training people to become home group leaders, um, doing ongoing training of home group leaders, and then also just general, you know home group stuff, like the calendar, planning out different events, that kind of stuff. Um, He and I also oversee our Bible studies, women's and and men's ministry, Um, and, you know, this and that. I also uh, oversee our membership process. So that's kind of like a very specific to me thing. Um, But, yeah, I do that and then the discipleship piece.
0: So a big part of your job is... With all these new people that are coming, kind of helping them find their place and get connected in community at Redeemer. Mm -hmm.
1: So, you know, I look at it as from the time a new person walks into the door um, or at this juncture, we're meeting in a parking deck. So when a new person walks into a parking deck... um, (laughs) what are the things and the places that we have for them to go um, to better know our church and then, if interested, plug in reg- in membership. Um, so one of the things that is a little different about Redeemer is that you have to be a member to be placed into a home group. And once again, that's because at a lot of churches, you know, home group, small group, whatever, there's a bunch of different community groups. There's a bunch of different you know, terms for that. But um, ours really is hinged so much on commitment and people Mm -hmm. showing up regularly. And then that's how our elders shepherd our people. Um, They oversee a certain amount of home groups. Um, So once again, it's like a, a huge emphasis is put on membership Um, and commitment and connectivity through the home group structure. And so we have some other areas where if people aren't quite ready for home group or membership that they can plug in in other places to get to know our church better, get to know other people. Um, But yeah, it's, it's really like this. um, I don't know, like conveyor belt of neuter redeemer, get to know us. Cool. Join in membership. Here's our membership process. Now you're placed in a home group and move forward. Um, So I oversee that.
0: Yeah. Well, I was just, I was thinking, I mean, everyone who's listening might not be a Christian or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, or really understand why a church might want to have that kind of emphasis on being a part of community. I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about kind of why is it that Christian community is important and what even makes it different than just like a random book club or i don't know a, a booster club i don't know if this yeah. is the <laughs> the 12th man um <laughs> yeah yeah so how much time do you have uh no um <laughs> well, i also want to hear like your story with how yeah. you've experienced like yeah but i have so, I mean, that's what i'm saying i have too many things
1: all but, right yeah i'll start with them. my story okay. i feel like okay. it's you know, I I grew up in church and, you know, like many Southerners, was very equated. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I knew a lot about Jesus, the Bible. I would say I was a Christian, um, was baptized at eight in a church. So, like, a very kind of typical, if you will, experience for many Southerners. Um, but I wouldn't say that I experienced, like, real transformative life change gospel belief until I was in college. And one of the things, among many, but one of the primary things that kind of led me and like the Lord used to pull my heart was community. Um, So I went to Auburn. I was in a sorority. And if you're familiar with Auburn and sororities and that kind of stuff, um, sophomore year is where you live on the hall. So Auburn doesn't have sorority houses. We have halls and dorms. And so Going into my sophomore year, I opted to live on the hall with, like, a bunch of other Pledge sisters. And it was super fun. And coming into sophomore year, I definitely was not walking with the Lord. Um, Once again, there might have been some belief or something there, but I was definitely not being obedient. And over the course of the fall of sophomore year, I think living among that group of girls, what I saw was... That there was this other group that I was not a part of that was different for me. Like, mm. their friendships, the way that they treated one another, what they did with one another, just in, how they spoke to one another. All of that was just very different. Um, like, it wasn't, com- like what it is, wasn't competitive. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it wasn't competitive. There was no cattiness. There was no drama. There was a genuine love and care for one another. And that was something... I mean, I had fun. I had a lot of fun with my friends, but I don't know that, you know, if the chips were down, I'm not sure who would have been there or, and how they would have shown up. So over the course of the semester, like I said, I'm kind of witnessing this other group of girls and, you know, they were the good ones. Like they were the Christians. They didn't drink on Friday nights. Like that, you know, like it was very distinct for me. And, um, But over the course of time, I had some classes with a few of the girls, and so we would always walk together. We would grab breakfast after class together, or they'd end up coming into my room and just hanging out. And so these friendships are starting to develop, and that love that they were showing to one another, they began to show to me. And I was curious. I mean, I was just really curious. And so, um, Kind of one thing led to another and I began, okay, well, I'm going to read my Bible because I know that that's something that if you're a Christian, you're supposed to do. So I began reading my Bible, um, semi-regularly. And then, yeah, just one day I literally got in my car and I put in a random CD, which just so happened to be a wow worship CD from youth group. And I can't even remember what song it was. It was probably some like Mercy Me or Casting Crowns or something, which is, you know, that's something, but I mean, the Lord just used it right there. There had been this huge, like, push of me seeing these girls and my interest and wanting to have friendships like that and wanting to have real community like that. And in that instant, I kind of got it. I got it. And so, since then, I've been walking with the Lord, trying to, at least. Um, And, yeah, so in a way, the hospitality of others, but really, like, seeing the true christian community the true like spiritual friendship is what drew me to the lord um so it's kind of funny haha that now i kind of i do that for a living and like that's what i'm going after you know and like that's what i'm wanting for other people because i just have experienced it um and i've experienced it both in my salvation but also just like in my walk you know like being a part of a home group and having a baby and it being really hard and Other women coming over and rocking the baby, letting me cry, telling me I wasn't crazy, Mm -hmm. you know, um, praying when we've had hard things. Um, Also, just like fun, like dinners together and stuff. And so, yeah, it's been something that I personally have experienced, like I said, both in my coming to know the Lord, but then also just throughout my life, I've just grown so much in community. So
0: I think I guess that. That was part one of your question. Yeah, that was part part two. Well, I feel like you kind of of touched on part two. I was just wondering for people that maybe don't know the Lord or just kind of curious about like, why are people so into their church? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. maybe um, just what it is that is distinct about Christian community and makes it different from other kinds of social clubs or... Yeah. And I kind of feel like one thing that you shared that I think is really true of Christian community is that vulnerability. I don't think that's a mark of all community, but I think in Christian community done right, you know, when it feels like a safe place and where you feel completely known and loved and you can share anything, you can share the ugly parts of yourself, you can share how you're really feeling I mean, I feel like that's definitely, I feel like you definitely touched on one of the big hallmarks Yeah, that's definitely a part of it, for sure.
1: I mean, obviously, like, the kind of Bible answer is that Christian community is rooted in the gospel and it's rooted in Jesus, right? Whereas, you know, the friend group I make at the gym or even, like, the friend group I make in college, like what was the primary thing that drew us together? It was, we were in the same sorority or we enjoy riding bikes or, you know, I'm an Auburn fan, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, those things are fine. They're fine. But um, what happens when I get tired of riding a bike? Like I kind of lose friends. Um, Or what happens when you graduate? Like my primary thing isn't that I'm a Chi Omega anymore, right? And um, so I think, you know, Base level, the thing that makes Christian community different is this belief in Jesus, which transforms everything and transforms how we live. And we all are going after the same goal. And so that means when we're all going after the same goal, then like we truly can be honest with one another because we know it's for our good. Like if I'm stumbling and failing I can bring that to the table because I know all of these people care for me through the love of Jesus and want to see me thrive, want to see me know him and love him more. And so, you know, I I think that's one of the things. I think another thing is when you look at scripture and the way that scripture talks about community in the church, right? And First Corinthians 12, right? Where they talk about... First um, Corinthians 12 it talks about spiritual gifts first. So every believer is getting these different spiritual gifts. And then it goes into, like, this body imagery of where we're all a part of the body. And, like, the eye can't say to the nose, right? Like, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, like, oh, you're not worth my time. And obviously paraphrasing. Obviously. Um... But there's a true humility in that no, like, celebrity Christian is almost kind of an oxymoron um, when you look at 1 Corinthians 12 and, like, the way that it's setting up the church. Now, once again, primary context is spiritual disciplines. Like, basically, you know, me being a teacher doesn't mean that I'm better than you because you have the gift of hospitality. But I think it still applies here in that like, there's a real humility and that we are all a part of this body and God is using us all mm-hmm. to bring something to the table. And that's one of the things that we, you know, in home group leader training, it's one of the things that we really harp on a lot um, is, you know, like one night you might be feeling good. You might not feel the need to go to home group that night. Um, because like your cup is full, you had a great quiet time Mm -hmm. that day, but what if Allison needs to cry on your shoulder? What if Allison needs to hear the words that you have to say? So maybe it's not that you go to home group so you can be filled up, but so that you can pour out. And I think a lot of other groups, institutions, that kind of stuff are very me focused. Whereas... True Christian community is like you focused, us focused, Jesus focused, right?
0: Yeah. And
1: um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a big thing is you know, no one's like running the show, no one's better than another person. Just because you know, you have X number of Instagram followers doesn't mean that you're like the end all be all of this home group or whatever, right? Like, we're all coming as broken beggars. Um, And so I think that is one way that community differs in Christian community. Um, But,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think it kind of makes me, I feel like, well, okay. I would love to hear what you think are some of the barriers you've heard Mm -hmm. from people that have kept them from community. And I think that, you know, how Matt Francisco Always talks about, like—I mean, I don't exactly know where it came from, but, like, how, did you, how does it go? A beggar asking another beggar. Yeah, we're all just one beggar asking another beggar for bread. Yeah, I think for me, when I became a Christian, I didn't really grow up knowing all the books of the Bible. Like, I feel like I, we went to church, but it missed some certain pieces, and I felt like I wasn't as good as some of these other kids that were, you know— Youth group captains. Um, Yeah, youth group captains. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, I mean, I think for me, that was a barrier at first with getting involved with community. Mm -hmm. But I was just thinking with right now, the vaccine is going strong. I just got my second vaccine on Wednesday. Very, I've had one. I get mine Monday, Thursday. So April 1st, I get my second one. I have kind of had a headache for a Mm -hmm. while after I got Mm -hmm. mine. But other than that, I'm very excited. But I feel like this is like a new frontier after people have been, or I've heard this multiple times about this loneliness that a lot of people are feeling in a sense of um, just missing community and missing a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. But I also think that it's like, even when we know we want that it can be, there's barriers that can keep us from it. I was just wondering what would be some things you would say, I guess specifically to even like women Mm, about like, well, I don't know. It could be applied to anyone. Yeah. It could be applied but. to anyone. I can, I can,
1: I can hit this all day long. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Once again, <laughs> how much time do you have? Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the very first thing that popped into my head was quote busyness. Like mm-hmm. Americans love to flip and be busy. Like we love it. And it's actually, like, this love-hate. Like, we don't actually love to be busy, but we want other people to think that we're busy. And it's so... It's a status symbol. It, it is. It is. It is yeah. and, and, you know, I think this, this is probably a bold statement, but that's kind of what I'm good at. Uh, <laughs> I think busyness... Like, a lot of times we just have priority issues. Mm. Like... You actually don't have to do all the things. You actually can say no. Or like, you know, women specifically, I think, especially childbearing years and little kids. And honestly, it's probably not just little kids. It's big kids, too. It's, well, it's so hard for us to get to home group because, you know, baby's bedtime. Or... I'm working and and I get this. Like I'm a working mom of two. Actually, I actually have a third on the way. I don't know if you knew that. Congratulations. Surprise. Oh, credit surprise. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're pumped. But, you know, it sometimes it actually does feel easier to stay home. It really does. And like I and I get that. Like and I I so get that putting your kid after bedtime or doing the whole prep work to get a babysitter to come so that you can leave. Sometimes actually just feels like more work than what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, you know, once again, not to heap shame on any kind of parent or mom or anything like that. Not at all. Like I compl- I have bailed before, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect by any means, but I think we have misplaced priorities. And like, if we truly believed that the power of Jesus can be at work in community, then we would know that the the extra work was worth it. Um and, and so I think there's some priorities, you know, like I I don't have older kids yet, but from what I understand, like, baseball becomes a thing and soccer practice becomes a thing, and it's, like, always on Wednesdays at 630 or Tuesdays at 5, whenever it is your small group's supposed to meet. Like, it's just always then. And and I think, you know, once again, I I don't have a kid who plays soccer during the week, so I don't know what that's like, but I just, one, I believe we're created for community, like we see it in Genesis two, after Adam is created, God says it is not good for a man to be alone. And what does He do? He creates a helper. He creates a woman. And so, I mean, we're created for community. Um, so if if we're created for it, then I think we have to make time for it. Um, it was obviously intended for our good. So I think that's one is and just priority busyness. Think-
0: like with that, I feel like whenever whenever I'm in a place where I'm like, "Oh, I don't feel like going tonight. And then I'm like, Ugh, okay, I guess I'll go. Then after I go, I'm so glad I went. Yes, like I think that's the thing is like on the front end, yes. you think, I'm tired, I don't want to do this, you know, or whatever we I can't wake up early and go to discipleship group. I'm really tired and then every time, Mm-hmm. You're happy, or like, or for me at least, it's like 99.9% of the time. I'm like, oh no, I definitely am glad that I did that. Right. Well, and I even wonder sometimes,
1: like, what kind of spiritual warfare is there? Like, mm. Satan is very aware that the girl in your home group who really needed to hear from you tonight needed to hear from you tonight, you know? And he's like, oh, let's see what I can do to keep Allison from going. You know, and and I'm not saying that it's, like, always like that. And once again, I'm not going to heap shame on someone for not going to home group or community group or d group whatever it is you call it. But I do think, once again, if well, you Well, a kick in the believe, pants is kind of good, though. Sometimes. Yeah, you know. Like, <laughs> let's call it spade to spade. Like, yeah. this is a primary way that you, you grow into maturity is in community uh, with one another, discussing God's Word, praying together, having accountability. Um, I think... <laughs> I think another thing, probably especially now with our, like, political climate, COVID, just all the issues. There, I feel like they're just all the issues all the time. Like, one of the questions I asked my husband, who is one of the only people I know who's still on Twitter. He still is on Twitter.
0: <laughs> no, my husband is, too. Is he, too? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: I'm like, you need to make the transition to Instagram, man. He's like, no, never. Twitter for life. So... But I will frequently ask him, so what are we mad about today? Like, what's the world mad about? We're always mad about something. And so that's one of the things I'll ask him. And I think that can actually be a barrier because Mm. after events happen or elections happen or whatever, you're like, I don't even know if I want to go tonight. I don't know if I want to talk about this. Like, Mm. I don't know, you know, basically like, I disagree. I know I'm going to disagree or they're going to disagree with me and I know they're going to disagree with me. And like, is it actually worth it to go? Mm. And once again, I get that. Like I've been, I mean, this, we've all been around people who we either disagree with or disagree with us. Like we all land on different, you know, kind of sides of the coin, but there's this quote from, um, the Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosaria Butterfield. Have you ever read that? No, I have to read it. It's I'm writing it. It's so good. It's so good. Um, it'll it's a talk about a kick in the rear end. It's a kick in the rear end. But um so she tells a story about, you know, she and her husband are like super hospitable. He's pastor at a church. Um, and for people who maybe don't know about Rosaria Butterfield, she was um a tenured professor at, I believe, Syracuse, and was a practicing lesbian for decades. Had a girlfriend, um, very much so immersed into the LGBTQ community, and, like, was a leader. And over the course of some years, a lot happened. That's her first book. But she came to know the Lord and um, just had some, like, major radical life changes. So, fast forward... She's actually married now, and she's, like, a homeschooling mom, which is, like, the exact opposite of, like, the beginning of her life. And um, she writes this book called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Her husband and I are, like, always having people in their home, always hosting people. And she tells a story about one of her neighbors who has made a lifestyle choice, and Rosaria has found out about it. And so she calls her neighbor, and she comes over for tea, and they're she's like... Hey, like, I heard this. Why didn't you tell me? Like, I'm, I'm so confused. Like, I thought we were friends. Like, I, I thought that you would know that you can trust me with this. And her friend said, I knew you would disapprove. And Rosario was like, haven't we always disapproved? Like, we've disapproved on political elections, sleep training, child rearing, the best margarita recipe. Like we've disapproved on a lot of things, but there's always been love. And I think, once again, if we're in a gospel-centered community, there's always love. And so you can come, and you can disagree, and you can disapprove, respectfully, respectfully. Because it's in love. And I just love that picture of her just being like, haven't we always disapproved? But there's always been love. And I'm like, oh my gosh. That's like amazing. Um, but yeah, I think that is a fear, especially now. Of right. Just like, what illustration is someone going to use? And am I going to agree with it? And, you know, just all of that.
0: Well, I think... I just watched The Social Dilemma like mm-hmm. this week. Have you, did you watch that? Mm-hmm. I'm like a year late in watching it. I don't know. Sorry, I watched it like a year ago. So, have you but, like officially cut everything now? Like, everyone I know who I, watched it was like, I'm cutting Instagram. <laughs> and they're but, back but, on now. But uh, I cut Instagram during COVID and then I brought it back, okay. but only my business Instagram. So, not okay. really a personal. So. Kind of, I guess I don't know. But one of the things I talked about was just like the impact that our little groups on, like our feeds of all kinds, even Twitter, even though Joseph thinks he's immune, (laughs) kind of are pushing us towards like homogeneity and just hanging out with people exactly like us in in terms of who we're thinking with and being influenced by. And so I think there's actually something really awesome about the discomfort of, oh, they're probably not going to agree with me on this. Like totally, you know, totally. or, or just having that kind of, or it's so it's human. It is a normal part of how people have lived throughout history. It's like being in a community with people that aren't exactly like you. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Um, yeah. And that's, once again, I mean, that's
1: one of the reasons why I love community so much is because of the diversity that comes. Like if we're all believing you know, now to, to a naysayer, they'd be like, how diverse are you really? Like, you're a bunch of Christians. But when I look around and look at the people in my home group, I'm like, these are people who are com- from completely different places. Some people come from immense wealth. And some people are come from borderline poverty. Some people are college educated. Some are not. Um, different ages, genders, occupations. Certainly, I'm sure, like, different political stances, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And I'm like, there's actually quite a lot of diversity in the room. Um, And, yeah, it's such a good thing. It's such a good thing. I'm like, I love to hear. I think especially as a married mom of two, it's been a hot minute since I was single. And, like, I haven't dated Like, the idea of, like, going on a date with someone I don't know. Just, I'm like, oh, gosh, like, bless you, you know? And so, having single men and women in my life to just, I mean, just talk about the things that they're experiencing or how they're experiencing things, like, it is such a blessing to me. And it keeps me from just thinking that everyone in my world is just like me. And everyone is, you know, I I think we can all sometimes, like, I think I especially, like, I love to play the victim, right? Like, when you have this little baby that's not sleeping, you're like, oh, you just don't even know, tired, and whatever. And, like, having people outside of that stage of life is, oh, I mean, it's like a breath of fresh air. Like, it's knowing oh, yeah. things outside of my realm. And, and, like, realizing that, I don't know, like, we're not immune to trouble. Like the 22 year old is experiencing things that the 32 year old is not and vice versa. And like, that's
0: okay. Um, no one curbs the market on hardship. Right. (laughs) So. And it's just, sometimes I get so bored of my own brain, you know, for sure. Like being in your own brain. And then there's certain people that if you get to, like when I was a teacher getting together with other teachers, you're going to talk about school. Mm -hmm. You're going to talk about Mm -hmm. the students. And sometimes it's like, it's fun to hang out with someone who, you know, isn't a mom or isn't a teacher or isn't the thing that is easy for you to slip into talking about. Yes, I agree. new and different. I agree. I agree. So if you were giving advice to someone who's like, okay, this sounds good. Mm -hmm. Where do I start? How would I like Mm. approach this Christian community thing?
1: Okay. Um,
0: And what advice would you give them once they did start doing it? One, uh, I would do it within the context of a local church.
1: Um, Once again, you can find community in many different places. If you're in med school, there are med school Bible studies, and I'm not knocking that at all. I think that's great. But I think the thing that differentiates a local church from fill-in-the-blank Bible study is um, the authority of pastor-elder. And I think that's a good authority. You have people looking out for this congregation and people looking out for this group, whereas somewhere else, like, there's kind of no oversight. And I think having oversight is a blessing, um, and it's guardrails. So, one, I would do it within the context of a local church. Um, Two, I would, like, cannonball in. Like, you can't, you, like, cannot actually tiptoe into community, right? Like, how it's going to take three times as long to know everyone's name if you go every other week. Um, But, I mean, even on, I don't know, on top of that, like, consistency, but like you were saying um, earlier, vulnerability. And I get also that, like, it's not like on week one, you're going to share your deepest, darkest secret. Like, I get that there's a progression of time and that kind of stuff. But I just think you have to jump fully in. Um, you just It's just not one of those things that you can wade into. Um, Tim Keller, off I think he says, you know, he was asked in this New York Times article one time, like, what is the greatest strength of this current generation? And he said how much they value community he was like mm. think about it like people want locally grown food we want to go to the farmer's market and meet the farmer who actually pulled up the food like it's so local and community driven and like we want that but then he his follow-up question was um what is basically like the thing that's the hardest for this generation and he was like they're unwilling to make the sacrifices to get the community that they want. Mm. And I think that's so true. Like community fellowship, like it's kind of a sexy thing in the Christian circle, like in the Christian world. Um, And that's because it's so important. And once you've truly experienced it, you realize how transformative it can be. But once again, like you don't get that by like halfway committing Um, you know, and so my husband and I lead a home group and I, we're not exactly like gentle people. Um, (laughs) we're like just very blunt and to the point. And so, you know, and in the past, we've also led a lot of college Bible studies and we begin, begin it all with like, guys, we're going to be here at the same time on the same day every week. Like, this is not a surprise like when wednesday rolls around it's not a surprise that home group's going to be at the beerman house at 6:45 um so therefore the like 22 other hours in the day you know the things that you have to get done because this thing is stationary it's not moving mm. and um once again i i think when we don't fully commit and it's not a full priority it's easy to just like Oh, well i'll just skip this week right and And you're not going to get the true community and that vulnerability and that spiritual friendship if you're so willing to skip. So,
0: I'm reading this book. I could hold it up. It's called Social Chemistry. Not a Christian book, but it's by Marissa King. And she has this statistic. It's very researchy, which I like. But she has a statistic that it takes... um, On average, 15 hours to go from being an acquaintance to being a casual friend. Wow. And then it takes 40 hours to go from being a casual friend to like a deep friend. Wow. So I feel like I know a lot of people who say yeah, I started going to this home group. It's okay. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm connecting to people Mm -hmm. or these aren't really like my friends, like I was hoping. Mm -hmm. And after reading this, I was just thinking, well, of course not. Yes, You haven't logged the hours. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think we all have like those kind of click moments with people where it feels Mm -hmm. like, oh, we just had a really great first friend date and Mm -hmm. this is going to go somewhere special. But I think before you let that your guard down. And before you get like really comfortable, you've got to be willing to invest the hours time.
1: Like there's some time for sure. And I think, you know, one of the things that I try to be careful with is, um, using friendship as the, um, as like the goal. Um, because I think Mm -hmm. true friendship can come from home group Bible study, you know, I think it it truly can come. Um, But once again, if we're going back, and I'm not sure, you know, churches do it very different across the board, and there are pros and cons for all different kinds of Bible studies. But I'm partial to the intergenerational. I'm partial to, like, unless there are a whole bunch of people in there who, some are married, some are single, some are 60, some are 20, right? Like, um, I'm partial to that. And... The reason why is because one, it's so radical. Like you truly do only have Jesus in common with a lot of these people. Like the very first home group, Josh Bierman and I ever walked into at the time, we were both working for construction companies and like straight up, we walked in and let's see, there were two professional artists, no, three professional artists. Someone played a flute that night. There was one girl who like ran an art, uh, ministry, I mean, like, we were, like, fish out of water. Like, I, like, we're the least musical people ever. We have no kind of, like, artistic ability whatsoever. And, like, Josh is wearing Carhartts and, like, work boots. (laughs) And that's how we show. you know, and it was like, oh, my gosh, we are so different. And we were. Like, we truly were. And so it takes time. Like, when you, when you on the demographic Chart don't actually like line up with a lot of people. I would say it takes even longer for like relationships to develop because literally all you have in common is Jesus. Um, And so you know we often say like it could be six months, possibly a year before you feel like your group is like clicking. And even then, we're not promising you like brunch buddies on Saturday. Um, that that just might not happen. I hope that it does and. And I've had that happen, and it's wonderful, and I love that. But I think there's something deeper, um, and I've I've experienced it where it's like, I'm sharing these things that are so deep, and I'm asking for prayer over these like major heart issues from these people that I have literally nothing in common with, um, except we're together two hours every week, you know? And, you know, we meet from time to time outside, that kind of stuff. But, And I have, like, friends who are my age, my stage of life, everything that haven't told about this. And I I think that's, um, I don't know, like, I I try to be really careful, like I said, when saying, like, friends or friendship. Because sometimes you get that, and that's wonderful. But so often our friends and our friendships, like, a a lot of my friends are moms of, you know, one to three kids and... Around my age, and that's cool. But I also
0: have like my home group friends who are twenty six and single and in grad school, right? And well, I I kind of feel like you need to like change the definition we have of friends. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's just a different kind of of close than you a different kind of relationship. I don't know, maybe it's fellowship. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, like I just think there's a difference in like who I'm going to share, like, the hard stuff with and who I'm going to, like, go eat Mexican with on Friday night. Like, you know, like, both of those can exist, and that's fine. And sometimes they overlap, and it's the same people. Um, But, yeah, I think, you know, when we're talking about community, we're talking about something deeper. Though, you know, quesadillas and refried beans are great, too. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Well, I guess I'm going to... Wrap us up, even though I really don't want to. I just feel like <laughs> I, I can't this reason why I think this is so important to talk about right now mm-hmm. is that we can't just sit around and hope yeah. that community is going to happen. We can't. It's like there are things that we have to do. We have to give when if we want to be in community. And part of that giving is showing up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I, I think, think I feel like this is a really, is- really good really good um, encouragement for people to, to do that yeah I
1: think one last thought is oh yeah I have one last and this is like, oh yeah I'm the, so glad this is the like the bell that I ring all the time and okay. once again it can be a little bit of a taboo topic but so just cut it if you don't want it um but I also think you know one of the barriers we were talking about I think there can be a barrier among genders I think there can be yeah, and once again, I'm not saying that, like, I want Josh Bierman sitting down for coffee, sharing his deepest darkest secrets with someone other than me. Like, no. Like, don't be dumb.
0: You know? <laughs> but, you I know? I literally just got off the phone with a friend who mm-hmm. is a, a pastor's wife at a church, and she was having... Yeah, anyway, it's I'm like so glad same. you're talking about yeah. yes. I yes. just... I, once again, like,
1: my life has been so enriched by some single guys in my home group, like they will shoot me straight. And I love that so much. And like, I cannot tell you what my life would look like if I didn't have those brothers. And once again, there's just like, when, when you're a Christian and you believe we're all part of a body and we are all a family, then like our primary, I like our primary relationship with one another is that of brother and sister. And Mm. like, brothers need sisters and sisters need brothers and like we're uniquely bringing things to the table just like you know your background where you went to school all of that like you're also bringing like you're an engendered body and so you have experienced things differently and you know (laughs) one of the things this like several months ago Josh and I were like kind of talking about this about how like men and women might just experience things different and he was like Paige, I will just never not be surprised when you or another woman tells me that she's nervous to walk to her car by herself. I'm like, I just don't understand why you don't get this. Like, I'm a small female. I'm currently (laughs) pregnant. Like, I just feel ultra vulnerable. Like, I'm on high alert. I got my keys between my, you know, fingers. Like, we have all these, like, weird tactics that we've been taught to, like, fend someone off. And, like, that does not go through his mind at all he's like, I just walked to my car. And it's a silly example, but I'm like, what if all brothers knew that girls, not all girls, maybe just scaredy cats like me, are like nervous to walk to their car. And once again, it's a silly example, but I'm like, it's just a different type of understanding of like why you might would experience something differently. Or like why jumping out from a bush would have a elicit a different reaction when I'm walking to my car than if Josh was walking to his car. Um, and so I just think there's like, once again, this barrier that, and it's, it's probably more in like conservative circles. Um, maybe where, yeah, it's like boys and girls aren't supposed to like have community with one another. Like girls be mm-hmm. girls with, be friends with girls and boys be friends with girls. And there is nothing like a deep, meaningful female friendship. I'm I'm not saying, you know, that they're the same because they're not. But I don't know, like, we just can't count out the other gender. Like, hearing from the different men in my home group, single, married, whatever, has just been so beneficial to me. You know, like, there are women who are sitting under Joseph's teaching and the way that God has made him and all that is impactful for them. And then likewise, hearing from you could just elicit something different. You guys could probably talk about the exact same thing, but use different illustrations, different examples, and you're saying the same thing, but you've just experienced it differently. And I just think that's such a beautiful thing. And I think it's how God created us. And I think it's how he intended us to be. Um, Like I said, going back to Genesis 2, like they were both given the mandate and it would be very hard for Adam to uh, <laughs> to bring life into this world without Eve. And likewise, it is very difficult for a woman to bring life into this world without an Adam, right? And so, like, we both just bring those unique things to the table, and we need one another. And, yeah, like, don't rule out the other gender as a, like, a,
0: a necessity, you know? Yeah, even if it's not... Romantic. Are yeah, there only, yeah. Yeah. The only interaction between the genders does not is like widely dating. not yeah. to be romantic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. Um. In fact, the majority of relationships will not be <laughs> romantic. Majority. Yeah. Yes. Um.
0: Yeah. Or should not be. One yeah can say. For sure. One, for sure. sure. Yeah. So is that part of the inspiration for? Okay. So I forgot to mention. Or, I probably will in the intro that yeah. I record. But Paige also has started a phenomenal podcast called Redeemed Women, which I love. It's one of my favorite podcasts. And so, this n- latest episode of season two is going to be actually interviewing yeah. some redeemed men, mm-hmm. telling them why they need to listen to redeemed women. Right. It, I think it's
1: basically that. It, it's that, right? It's okay, we were created to be in community with one another. And yeah, like just know your brothers, know your sisters and sisters, know your brothers. Like how can you actually care for someone if you don't even really know what they're going through? Or like, you know, and, uh, it's like if you've attended home group every week for a month and there's someone in, there's a girl or a guy in your home group and you're like, I don't know how I could pray for them. And it's like, might be time to dig in a little deeper right Right. yeah <laughs> like right we should at least know how to be pray for one another um and like i said i'm not asking i i don't think you know that that means you need to just go sit down and have like lunch dates every week and that kind of stuff though you know if guy and a girl in my home group want to have a lunch date cool but yeah it's just like know and recognize one another and like love one another like brother and sister um, care for one another and I just think it's so important and once again it's gonna look really crazy to people who don't know the Lord you're like wow like they can be friends they can love and care about one another without it being romantic that's crazy mm-hmm. you know like how radical is that <laughs>
0: um I just think it's a beautiful picture yeah I really love that I think I mean I think it's just a more complete picture yeah, you know, yeah, totally of the way we can like bring each other out and see more of who God is through each other, for
1: sure. Like we're so. both image bearers. It's um, so like, what what is it that you can show me and teach me about the Lord, uh, and vice, vice versa? Um, yeah, like I said, I could rant and talk about that like all day long, all day long. But um, yeah, no, I think that is something. Maybe not necessarily like world-wise, because I don't think the world has a problem with guys and girls. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but I think sometimes if you're kind of like, if you've grown up churched, there can be sometimes like some barriers there. Yeah, there can be just silos. Yeah. Sometimes it's like not even, it's not necessarily intentional. It's just kind of like, I've always done a women's Bible study. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, and it's like, oh man, like you can go to a Bible study and there'd be both genders. You know, um, and like what would that be like? So I think, like I said, I, I just think it's a really beautiful picture that God intentionally put at the very beginning of his book. So
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of people are going to be encouraged by this. And so. I'm hoping, inspired, because I know I am, to just dig in and get into some good Christian community. Yep. That's the goal. <laughs> well, thanks, Paige. Of course. Um, thanks for having me. I hope, I can't wait to listen to the new season of Redeemed Women. It's going to be amazing. Me
1: too. Like I said, we've recorded one episode so far, so I'm excited to listen to it too. (laughs) So when is it coming out? Do you know? So April 13th is episode one. So I have about a month to get some stuff done.
0: (laughs) Okay. Who's that first episode with?
1: So the first episode is the one year I talked about the redeemed men talking about. Okay,
0: okay, okay. So that's
1: April 13th. And then... I mean, we have several, like one, I'm actually talking to an Instagram influencer who goes to our church about social media, um, mm-hmm. which I'm very fascinated about. And I have like so many questions and she has children. So I also want to like ask her all the questions about different barriers she puts in place and how she filters through things. Like I'm, I'm very excited about that, but yeah, right talking about that. Just a lot of other like cool women that go to our church, like worship and like worship leaders and. Um, I'm doing a working moms and a stay at home moms podcast, so I'm really, I'm really stoked about that as well. Um, I had several women after season one ask me about that, and I like kind of didn't. I, I don't know. I, I maybe the silos. I think maybe I just kind of have been running in my own lane for a while.
0: That I forgot that's like a big thing. That's like a big thing. That's actually something in that uh, social chemistry book that mm-hmm. they brought up was that in high school, if they were talking about cliques and mean mm-hmm. girls and she was just talking about the dynamics in high school of like everyone finding their clique and mm-hmm. who's mad at who. And then the next group that she brought up was, um, moms like early on. Mm-hmm. It's just very natural for us to you kind of figure to. out like, where do we belong? Who are our people? And I think that's another reason, like rather than having this arbitrary, like, I don't know. I'm only going to be, Right now we're homeschooling, so mm-hmm. the idea that, oh, I'm only going to be friends with other homeschooling moms, is just so silly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's another way that, like, just getting busted out of your own little group. For sure. You know, of thinking, like, the way you're doing things is the only way to do something. or For sure. I feel like it's really good. Yeah, and, like, there could certainly be
1: camaraderie. Like, I'm imagining you probably want some homeschooling mom friends because you're like, what do y'all do? Like, tell me some tips and tricks. Oh, right. But then on the flip side, it's kind of like, yeah, if, like, those are your only friends, like, let's maybe, let's branch out let's, a little, let's shake you shake know. it up. Just shake it up. Who
0: knows? Yeah. Maybe befriend a person public school mom like you know (laughs) i know there's so many different i don't know yeah the bible doesn't say thou shalt homeschool your children you know like there's a lot of leeway in good and right ways to raise kids in particular totally i think that's gonna be like is your family thriving great
1: keep running keep going so that'll be good it'll be really good god like god be with you um how many you have four is that
0: right only we have four. Yeah. How many are actually? We in weren't school? really. We're not really homeschooling by choice. This is kind of. Yeah. A few different things have happened, but I don't know. It's been pretty great. We cool. might just stick with it. We'll cool. see. Uh, How many are school age though? Because little. only Gwen. Okay. Yeah, only my oldest. So she's in first grade, and then next year my son, will, so Max, will be in kindergarten. So next year will be second grade in kindergarten. Fun. Um, we'll see we still honestly I'm just taking it like one month at a time we yeah. haven't made a, a call on what we're doing in the if fall yet if there's any
1: lesson from
0: like 2020 and 2021
1: it's like just just let it roll <laughs> like, yeah don't make plans too far in advance they will get canceled all right. so no that's awesome
0: good for y'all oh, yeah I don't really know how to end these no, no. Well, what do you normally do I'm just going to probably I, cut it somewhere. Yeah, I was about to say, I just like awkwardly say, all right, bye, thanks so much. <laughs> and then, yeah, okay. and then we just cut it. <laughs> okay, well, I'll say that now and we'll just cut this part. Cool. I just said. Cool. All right, bye. While I, oh, I'm trying again. I'm trying again. <laughs> all right, Paige, thank you so much. We've loved having you on. And by we, I mean me, because I'm only one person, but we as an entity. I'm trying this again. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Paige, for coming on here and just giving us all the kick in the pants we need to get into some good community. Hey, that's what I'm here for. I love a good kick in
1: the pants. Thanks for having me, for real. This was so fun. It was really fun.